The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up, guys? Another Sunday, another loss for our beloved Chicago Bears. Uh, I guess the silver lining would be that they at least showed up to play uh, this week. So, I mean, thank God for small favors, I guess. But we got a quick turnaround and the Panthers on Thursday. So, just like the Bears are going to move on quickly to get ready in preparation for Carolina, I'm going to do the same thing. Let's crank this goddamn thing out and get it over with. This is the Week 9 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. out loud and I don't know. This was an interesting game because even coming into it, you know, I I I had this this feeling, kind of in the back of my head, that um, you know this this is exactly the kind of game the Bears would win after their performance last week in Los Angeles on national TV, where we were just embarrassing ourselves uh, and everything. That um, you know the fan base is out again after having some hope after the win over uh, the Raiders. We're playing another. AFC West team that can't seem to get out of its own way sometime. You know, we're on national TV. The, you know, the hero Tyson Bajant is starting for us uh, again and completely go out there and just embarrass ourselves uh, against the Chargers. So here we are going into the Saints. We haven't won a game in this building since 1991. That was, Ditka was still coach in 1991. Uh, I remember that game vividly, actually. Um, Harbaugh hitting uh, Waddle in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown to take the win. Um, the Bears were six and two when they won uh, that game. We came into this one two and six, and uh, yeah, complete, complete and total opposites on just about every level uh, in this one. You know, the defense that we had uh, in '91 still had some remnants of the '85. Hell, we still still had a lot of the guys. You know, Richard Dent, Steve McMichael. Guys like that were still on the team. Singletary uh, was still on the team in 91. So, I mean, he retired after the 92 season. So, uh, yeah, we still had a lot there. Neil Anderson was the running back. Jim Harbaugh, uh, the quarterback. We had Tom Waddle and, and uh, you know, I think Jimbo Covert, was he still playing in 91? I'm not sure. Maybe, I think he retired after the 1990 season with his back issues. Uh, and everything, but I think we still still had Jay Hilgenberg on the team. Bortz and Thayer, I think, were still our guards. Uh, I'm not sure when Van Horn tapped out. Nonetheless, you know, this was a high level team that was doing high level stuff, and we went into the Superdome. Uh, and this was in when you know for a long time the Saints were the were one of the laughing stocks of the NFL. Couldn't win to save their lives, and you know the only fan base they had were there to like make fun of them. You know, and wear ain'ts bags over their heads and whatnot. And um, '91 was a season where you know Jim Mora, senior, uh, really got something going uh, out there uh, with those guys. And their defense was especially uh, something with guys like Ricky Jackson and Pat Swilling 
uh, on the defensive side. Their pass rush was insane. And um, I believe they ended up making the playoffs in 91. Because they made the playoffs in 90 because the Bears beat them in the wild card round in 1990. But just giving you a little little history lesson here. <laughs> but, um, you know, we haven't won on the road in New Orleans since 1991. Or actually more specifically in the Superdome. Because they mentioned in the broadcast the Bears have won on the road at New Orleans once since then. But it was the in 2005... Uh, when the Superdome was underwater because of Katrina, and we played them at uh, Tiger Stadium where LSU played. I'm pretty sure it was there. Could have been one of their games where they played in San Antonio, but I'm pretty sure it was at Tiger Stadium that we beat them in 05 when Aaron Brooks was their quarterback. So, but, you know, so everybody's out on the Bears. <laughs> I picked them to lose. Uh, among others, and uh, you know, and and the thing is, is I mentioned this when I tweeted out at halftime that the Bears are doing what you want a team that is struggling to do. You just want them to compete, and it's been so far and few between this year. That's why it's worth noting that they're actually playing, playing well, playing you know a tough. They're in the football game. It was fourteen. 14 at, at, at halftime, you know, Bajent was, uh, you know, was doing well. Uh, he was outdoing Derek Carr at the, at the time he was 10 of 13 for like 145 uh, in the first quarter. And, um, but you know, he had that interception. Um, he tried to squeeze it into a window that wasn't there uh, and got picked off. And uh, I think Derek Carr only had like 130 yards, uh, even though he was almost, I think he was just as efficient as, uh, Bajent in the first half. So not a lot of pressure getting after the uh, quarterbacks, uh, either of them, in the first half. But, you know, the Bears actually competing, win, lose, or draw, is something that's been so few and far between. It was nice to see, and it was fun to watch, is basically what I said uh, in the tweet. And um, that's pretty much what it was. And, you know, at the, you know, at the very least, when they've played well, they've won this year. You know, and uh, that's only happened twice so far this season. There hasn't been one of those, oh, what a nice effort, and they came away with the loss uh, type thing. Because even in that game against uh, Denver, that was just watching the defense collapse uh, in the second half and, you know, uh, fields with the with the interception and the fumble. Uh, and you guys know how I feel about that that fumble. I'll, you know, I'll forever be pissed at, like, Getze about that one. But, um. You know, that wasn't the Bears competing. That was that was the Bears choking is what that was. Today they competed with the Saints. And it was nice to see. It was it was fun watching them be in the game, going into the fourth quarter, tied at seventeen and uh and all that kind of stuff. And in the end, there were just too many mistakes for the Bears to overcome. Uh five in total, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Three interceptions uh, on Bajent and two fumbles in that one. Another one from Bajent, so four turnovers total for the for the rookie, and a surprise one from DJ Moore. You know, and um, and the uh, the Saints came away with uh, ten points off of the turnovers and. 
in a tight game like this one, 24 to 17, those 10 points, that's your ball game right there. And uh, when you're a team like the Bears, when you're two and six and, you know, you're struggling, you can't afford the mistakes. You just can't. You know, nobody's going to play a perfect football game, but you need to be as close to perfect as humanly possible, and five turnovers ain't it. And that's just all there is to it. You know, usually I'd be a lot more upset over a loss like this, but it's because through the first 45 minutes of this game, they were neck and neck with the Saints. They were competing with the Saints. They were... Uh, you know, they were really doing well. And I was, like I said, it was really fun to watch. You know, we we're shorthanded a bit on defense with Tremaine Edmonds being out, but that moved Sanborn back over to the middle where he did well last year as a rookie. And I got to tell you, man, I think Ed, I think uh, Sanborn is our middle linebacker. I mean, I don't. I know that Edmonds is not going to come to another position. We're paying him eighteen million a season. He's not going anywhere. But, um, I mean, Sanborn is a middle linebacker, so you know that's just that. And that's not to say that Sanborn has struggled at the strong side, uh, you know, or anything like that. It's just that he looks really good at middle linebacker. It, we didn't. Uh, the highest compliment I can give Sanborn today is that. Uh, we didn't miss uh, Edmonds. We didn't. That's how well Jack Sanborn played. I didn't really see a deficit in what Tremaine Edmonds brings to the table versus what Jack Sanborn did uh, today. So, um, you know, kudos to uh, to him. And, uh, you know, Montez Sweat making his debut uh, as a Bear. Made his presence felt just a tiny bit. Uh, in I believe it was the third quarter, or maybe it was right before halftime, one of the two, where uh, he comes uh, around the edge and got a hand on Derek Carr's arm as he was throwing and was just a split second between his arm moving forward and you know it being a fumble. It was that close. And uh, unfortunately, his arm was going forward, so it was just an incomplete pass. Um because it was one of those where the ball comes out of his hands and uh, the Bears did actually recover the stray football. So, God forbid, we look at the replay and it is a fumble. We have a clear and uh, a clear recovery by the Bears. It would have been our ball. But we didn't get that lucky today. That wasn't the, that wasn't the kind of luck the Bears had uh, in New Orleans today. So... I'm not doing knee-jerk reactions because, frankly, I didn't record any in the third or the fourth quarter. Uh, just because in the third quarter, it didn't really feel like much of anything happened. They exchanged field goals. That was it. Other than that, there wasn't really anything noteworthy that happened in the in the quarter that I could uh, recall. And so it just didn't feel like I needed to do a knee-jerk reaction. And then the fourth quarter was just watching the Bears just absolutely shut down in the fourth quarter uh, was uh, extremely frustrating. In the fourth quarter, the Bears drives interception, interception, punt, fumble. 
Those were the drives in the uh, fourth quarter. Bajant threw two of his three interceptions in the fourth quarter. And one of them, actually they could all be attributed to Bajant, but one of them, I believe it was the second one, was just a really good play by the DB, in my opinion. I mean, it was still a little behind. I believe it was... uh, Darnell Mooney, he was going for across the middle. Imagine that, going across the middle. That was something we saw the Bears do a bit more today. And look at how well the offense played. We used the whole field against the Saints, and we were, you know, moving the chains, getting the ball downfield, you know, being efficient on offense. But, you know, we won't do that on Thursday against the Panthers. We'll go back to the quick screen nonsense where everything exists outside the numbers and all that kind of stuff. Today we used the entire field. And, yeah, we were a lot more successful on offense uh, than we've been. So, but what the hell do I know? But he was coming across the middle to Darnell Mooney, and it was just a little bit behind. Not so much behind that Darnell had to, like, turn back for it or anything, but it, like, would have hit him, like, right in the hip. That, that quote-unquote, is behind him. And uh, the DB just came in and snatched the ball uh, right out of the air. Um you know, had to dive for it and everything. Made a hell of a play on it. But if, if it's out in front uh, of Mooney, it's probably a big play for us because the, the DB's diving for it. Mooney would have made the catch, and who knows? Mooney actually played really well uh, today. Had some uh, some nice effort. Um, he and DJ Moore on our, I believe it was our first or our second touchdown drive. Both had, it was the second one uh, in the uh, in the second quarter. Yeah. First play of our of our second drive, of our second touchdown drive, I should say. Uh, it was one of those quick screens to the outside, but holy shit, we actually had the numbers over there. It was remarkable that we were threw it over there and we weren't out and manned five to two or something like that. And actually, you know what? No, it wasn't. It was a, a play action play, which we also did a lot more of today, which was nice to see. Um that, uh, you know, it was one of those things where it was like an underneath route from Mooney. He was lined up on the right-hand side, and as the ball was snapped, was basically running right behind the offensive lineman, came open, and the flat Bajan hits him. And it looked like one of those plays where you see routinely uh, the wide receivers see they're not going to be able to make any more progress, so they just, you know, innocently run out of bounds. Well, instead, what Mooney did was he stopped and cut it upfield and turned what could have been maybe a a seven-yard gain or something like that into 38 yards and got the ball into uh, New Orleans territory. And um, DJ Moore did the same thing uh, on the very next play. He caught a short pass out into the flat, and instead of going out of bounds, cut it up and ended up going for 18 yards on that play. It was effort plays like this. On, uh, what, third and 12, something like that? Um, Bajant is, uh, you know, has to scramble and runs and then dives and uh, gets the first down. They had to go back and review it. And Nieberflus, thank God, he challenged it. I mean, he looked like he got it from the, you know, from initial watching the, the play live and everything. It looked like he got it. But um, the refs marked him short. Then they moved it up after discussing it. And then it was reviewed. And the Bears got the got the first, or they were given the first down that Bajan earned 
uh, in the first place. And then I think the next play, yeah, the next play was another play-action play and a nice touch pass from Bajan over the top to Cole Komet for what was his second touchdown. Komet made an insane catch on the opening drive. Uh, the first drive was nine plays, 75 yards, three and a half uh, minutes. And we came out throwing, which did well, but I that's not what I wanted to see. I wanted the Bears to come out running the ball. I really did. And I don't know, maybe they, they uh, thought it would be better to challenge New Orleans through the air uh, initially or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were trying to do what they failed to do with the, the Chargers last week, which was to kind of open the ball, open it up downfield so as to, you know, not have, not be facing eight and nine man boxes uh, in the running game. So maybe that was the strategy. But I mean, off the top, Bajan hit Mooney for 13 yards on the first play, uh, hit uh, DJ Moore for 16 yards on the second play. And, you know, we just kept going down the field. Then we start going, uh, we start running the football. Uh, a little bit uh, after that. And Foreman had a nice day running the ball as well. But, you know, we went for it on fourth and one and got a first down on a on a scramble from uh, from Bajent. And uh, then, uh, what was it, seventh, seventh, eighth play of the drive? Seven. Nine. Nine, sorry. Nine plays. Uh, Bajent throws one, like, front corner of the uh, end zone. It's Komet versus Tyron Matthew one-on-one. And Komet just... Hands catch right over, right over top of uh, of the honey badger and comes down with it in the end zone for a touchdown. Great throw, great catch, and great way to start, you know. But on the very next next drive, that's when Mooney or excuse me, Bajan threw his uh, first uh, interception, and that one was uh, yeah, it was intended for. Oh, that was the one where he tried to throw it into the window. And if I don't know if if uh, Komet wasn't his first read, like if it was progression, because I feel like if he throws it right when you know in that moment, either before he makes his cut or just because it was a hitch route that that Komet ran, uh, if he throws it as soon as Komet turns around, he might have been able to get it there. But it was like he he you know Komet hit his cut, came back, and then you see him kind of drifting toward. The sideline, which unfortunately made him closer to the DB that was just off to his left standing by the sideline, and he just stepped out in front of it uh, and intercepted it. And the unfortunate thing there was that after, you know, basically the Saints going three and out on their first drive, they got a first down on the first play and then went, you know, three three more plays and punt the ball right back, and the Bears are moving the ball again. They throw the interception, and the Saints went ten plays and scored their own touchdown uh, as well to uh, to tie the game up. The Bears came right back down with that touchdown drive that I was just telling you uh, about where, uh, you know, uh, Mooney did the big play, then D.J. Moore right on top of it. Bajan stretching for the, for the first down marker on third and 12. Yeah. I mean, it was just a game where the miscues were too much to overcome. You know, in the first half, you had the interception – on the second drive of the game that killed a promising drive later on in the first half when it's 14-14. The Bears win 13 plays, 53 yards, five and a half minutes time of possession. Cairo Santos misses his first field goal of the season, doinks it right off the upright. 
and uh, of course hit it dead center right in the middle of the upright, so no chance for it to ricochet in or or at least give itself a chance uh, or anything like that. So missed opportunity uh, on the uh, you know three points we left on the board uh, off uh, on that one. Then our first our first drive of the second half, you know we have uh, the fumble from uh, from DJ Moore, and uh, you know it's like he catches the pass. And he's he's like one defender's got him around the ankles, and as he's kind of struggling to get away from him, the second defender comes in, punches the ball right out, recovered by the Saints. They turn that into a field goal to take the lead. Uh, this is in the second quarter, not the second half. In the second quarter, uh, you know, no, 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 it's in the second half. I'm sorry. So, yeah, 17-14, the Bears add a field goal to tie it. So here we are, you know, going into the fourth quarter, tied at 17 and then, like I said, our our fourth quarter uh, drives, punt, interception, interception, punt, fumble. So couldn't get anything going. And, you know, we had a chance right up until the very end of that last touchdown drive with the fumble. Um, we had we started with uh, with decent field position because the uh, the Saints missed the field goal that basically would have put it would have put the game away uh, right then and there. Uh, it was only a, uh, what was it, a 40-something yard field goal? 47, yeah, 47-yard field goal. Another doink off the upright. So I think uh, I think uh, Cairo Santos hit the right one, and he hit the left one. So, uh, you know, so both, uh, same goalposts too. Both of them uh, were covered on Sunday. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, we were out of timeouts because we used them all to give ourselves a a good two and a half minutes or something like that. Um, you know, and we would still have one timeout with the two minute, uh, warning. And on the first play, it was, we had a holding penalty and those, those were abundant, uh, today penalties period. Um, second one. Um, Bajent gets hit by Cam Jordan as he's throwing. And then on the third one, uh, Bajent got strip sacked by Demario Davis, uh, and it was recovered by the, uh, by the saints. There was your ball game. So, uh, yeah, it was a, uh, a disappointing ending, but, uh, par for the course, as far as, you know, these last couple of years, for the Bears, even when they've had a chance. We had many more of those chances last year, believe it or not, uh, where we're down a score and we've got the ball and there's a minute or two to go, maybe even have a timeout or two uh, to use. You know, we'll go four and out or throw an interception or something like that. Uh, it's only happened, like, maybe, what, one other time? Like the, the, the Broncos game, you know, and then fields through the interception uh, in that one. And in this one... You know, we, we pretty much kept Bajan clean the entire game. Uh, the, the offensive line played extremely well uh, today as far as keeping Bajan clean, giving him time in the pocket. You know, I just hope and pray that this still happens when Fields comes back. If it's as early as Thursday or, God forbid, you know, two weeks from now when we play the, uh, we play the Lions for the first time uh, in two weeks. So... You know, whether it's this Thursday that Fields comes back against the Panthers because he did practice on Friday. He was limited, 
but he practiced for the first time since suffering uh, the injury. And they said there's no pain, so it's just a matter of grip strength and being able to hang on uh, to the ball so we can throw it properly, whether it's this Thursday or the following uh, Sunday when we play the, uh, the Lions. And I think we're at Detroit. But, uh, you know, wherever it is, we need the offensive line to be as good as they were today. Because then we're at least – because you saw what Fields did in the two games against Washington and Denver – when Fields had time to read the field, scan the, you know, be in the pocket, throw the ball downfield, he was magical. Eight touchdowns, zero picks in those two games. So, you know, if they can do that on Thursday or, God forbid, two weeks from now when we play the Lions and we're getting time against that pass rush, yeah, we're going we're gonna to give ourselves a shot. And that's why we had a shot today. You know, Bajan wasn't running for his life. He wasn't uh, – you know, having to you know rush his uh, his throws or you know his progressions and and you know be desperate uh, about it. And it wasn't until that final drive that he really felt any kind of real pressure. And you know, but the Saints were down. We had no timeouts, so they knew we had to throw because we were also on our own thirty-seven yard line. Not bad field position, but you still have to go the entire length of the field and score a touchdown because we're down seven. So it's not like they could, uh, you know, sit back in in uh, rush three and drop eight because, uh, well, actually, that's exactly what they did. But uh, you know, they couldn't uh, they couldn't just sit back and and try to keep everything in front of them because uh, all we need is a field goal. But uh, you know, it's uh, when we needed to, when we really needed the offensive line to be at their best. Uh, yeah. We uh, they had more clutch performers, and this was kind of remember if you guys remember when I was talking about the uh, with Scott Goldbrunson about the Raider game that the reason that I thought that I would give him the Raiders the edge was because they had Max Crosby, they had a closer, and the Saints' closer is Cam Jordan, and um, he had on that second play he was the one that hit uh, Bajent as he was throwing the ball uh, and got rid of it. On the other play, it was Demario Davis that got there, but it was Cam Jordan that you know created the pressure, and uh, you know Davis was able to to get a one on one matchup because Jordan was being double teamed and strip sack fumble game over, and uh, a valiant effort from the Bears. You know you're not coming away embarrassed, and you know uh, or anything like that. Yes, we're two and seven, and uh, it sucks. It really does. But, um, you know, when I was saying that these were winnable games, like this stretch that we're on uh, right now, you know, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Saints, next with the, with the Panthers. If we play like we did today and like we did against the Raiders, then, yeah, these are winnable because we'd be competitive and gives ourselves a chance. I mean, and even with five turnovers in this game, we only lost by a touchdown because the defense played fairly well. You know, they had the 10 points on the uh, on the turnovers. That sucks earlier in the first half, and that's what ended up being kind of like the difference in this one because it's not like Derek Carr went off, you know, for 350 and three touchdowns or anything. He was 25 of 34 for 211 and two touchdowns. Taysom Hill was the guy that was the problem. 
You know, he threw a touchdown pass in the game. He caught a touchdown pass and he ran 11 times for 52 yards in this one. He's their utility knife and the Saints used him and used him well uh, against us. So, yeah, Deontay Foreman was 20, 20 carries, 83 yards, so over four yards a carry. Hell, Bajan ran for 70 yards on eight carries. I think there were like two or three design runs. The rest were scrambles. Um, Bajan outran Taysom Hill. Alvin Kamara had nine carries for 26 yards in this game. Interesting situation. Four catches for 44. So, you know, it was just uh, it was a fun game to watch. It really was. You know, the Bears kind of being in the mix and not being completely out of it. And even with the mistakes they made, the defense responded and, uh, you know, were able to minimize the damage. Unfortunately, they in, they were better at it in the second half than they were in the first. I mean, dear God, did we actually make second half adjustments? I can't even can't even imagine. But um, you know, that's really all I got as far as the game uh, is concerned. I mean, it was it was fun watching the Bears be competitive and not make fools of themselves uh, like they have uh, recently. Uh, Tyson Bagent is a rookie and did rookie things today. Um, you know, he had the, the two bad throws on the one to commit in the first quarter where he, you know, and like I said, I don't know if it, it was his, if it, it was his first read and he was way late on the throw. And, and the second one, if it was, you know, like his second or third, uh, pro- read in the progression, then, um, you know, it was, uh, not being aware of the, uh, of that DB out there so you know it's a it's tough but the uh the third one in the uh in the fourth quarter that one was uh yeah that one just got picked off the the guy stepped in front of it uh as well so the second one was the one where the guy just kind of dove outstretched hands and kind of stole it from uh mooney it was you know like i said just behind him to the point where he was going to like catch it off his his hip or his ribs or something as opposed to catching it out in front of him uh and everything so that was a you know a solid play mixed with the the throw being just a little bit behind but not necessarily a bad throw from Bajant like the other two were and the DJ Moore fumble that was surprising uh to see but uh you know that's that's why they do that you know that's what they teach you that in in uh, in practice and everything, one guy holds him up. The other guy comes in for the ball. You know, it used to be one guy holds him up. The other guy comes in to kill him. But in today's NFL, you're going after the ball. And unfortunately, he hit that ball just right and knocked it out of DJ Moore's hands. And uh, the Saints were able to recover it. And uh, they turned that one into a uh, field goal. So tough, tough, tough. So, yeah. But we're 2-7. and seven. We've lost two in a row since our win over the Raiders. Um, we got a quick turnaround. We got the Panthers on Thursday. And I think the Panthers are playing the Colts as we speak. And as of this moment, they are losing 10-3 to in the second quarter. It's just before halftime. It says two-minute warning here on the ESPN site. So, but they're down 
The Panthers are down 10 to 3 to the Colts. So we will uh, see how that one shakes out. And the Cowboys are beating the Eagles. Are you kidding me? As far, you know, as far as my picks this week, I just got screwed in the last minute on two of these games. Okay. I had the Falcons beating the Vikings, and I had the uh, Buccaneers beating the Texans. And I was right with about 15 seconds to go in both of those games. And then both the Vikings and the Texans score a touchdown with less than 10 seconds to less than 10 seconds to go to, to win the game. And I don't know how many points off the top of my head I lost by losing both of those games in the final minute. But, yeah, that sucks. And I didn't know Matt Stafford wasn't playing today. Otherwise, I'd have switched my pick to Green Bay. Yeah, I didn't know. And then the Rams lose uh, to Green Bay. So this is why I continue to fall in the standings in my own pick'em game. It sucks. But uh, at least the Ravens beat the Seahawks. I I put all 14 points on the Ravens. Anyway, let's go ahead and do our uh, bear ups and bear downs for this week. We'll start with the obvious one, Tyson Bagent. 18 of 30, 220, and two touchdowns. Bear up. Uh, eight eight rushes, 70 yards. Bear up. Three interceptions, two fumbles. Uh, or four turnovers, I should say. Three interceptions, one fumble. That other one belongs to DJ Moore. Bear down. So Tyja Basin makes both, make both lists. I mean, he, he played well. We were in the game because of him uh, and how well he's played. Um but I, honestly, I can't. I can't wait for Fields to come back. And I let me reiterate: people gave, uh, or at least I'm hearing anyway, that people gave Chris Collinsworth a long, uh, you know, a hard time for saying that Justin Fields needs to study Tyson Bajan. He does and he doesn't. But um, you know, I think I even said something to that effect as well. What I would like to see is for us to run the same offense when. Justin comes back for us to do this, you know, heavy with the run, the play actions, the rollouts and, and everything. I want to see all of this. I don't want Justin Fields being a seven, five is seven step drop passer exclusively like he was before he got hurt. Let's use the rollouts because we get the rollouts. We get him running. He could turn up field and become the guy that had like what? Three 60 plus yard touchdowns. Last year on the ground, you know, what happened to, to using that, you know, God damn it. Anyway, but, uh, you know, if he plays Thursday, great. If not, that means fields is back even better. Uh, bear up Darno Mooney, five catches, 82 yards. It's nice to see you, you know, very nice to see, um, Darno Mooney. Uh, getting in the mix there. Bear up Cole Komet, six catches, 55 yards, two touchdowns. And it seemed like every time Komet caught the ball, it was a big play. Whether it was the two touchdowns, he also had one where uh, it was like the one time that the Saints were pressured, that pressured Bajan early in the game. And he dumps it off to Komet, who was, I think, was playing fullback, was in the backfield uh, with, uh, with Bajan. Ends up making a nice catch because Bajan threw it behind him. So he has to turn around, do a 180 to reach back and catch the ball, and then turns it upfield and gets the first down. And um, 
It seemed like they did quite a bit uh, today. And, you know, obviously the two touchdowns were all the touchdowns we scored uh, today. So bear up to uh, Cole Komet. Bear down. Bayless Jones Jr. Do you think it's possible that I could talk about Bayless Jones Jr. one time and it'd be positive? Because anytime I mention this guy's name, it's a negative thing. Whether it's him not returning any kicks today or, um, you know, running those stupid screens, why is Bayless Jones on the field? It's like, I know... I know the answer is because of his speed. Because you get him out into the open field, isn't that something? Well, it was also on one of those screenplays where, uh, A, DJ Moore missed his block, but, B, we were outnumbered on that side again. So it was one of those where this wasn't going to work no matter what type plays. And uh, thankfully, uh, Valus never had the ball. Otherwise, like knee-jerk, it looked like a fumble. But then later on in the game, actually at a very important time, the Bears ended up punting the ball away with about you know three minutes to go in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Bayless Jones ends up giving the Saints fifteen yards they didn't earn because while he was running down the sideline as a gunner, <sighs> grabbed a hold of somebody's face mask, fifteen yards. I mean, the, the Saints were getting the ball at like somewhere around midfield to start with, and 15 extra yards puts it deep in our territory. I think this was the drive where the Saints ended up missing the field goal, so it ended up working out for us. But Jesus, man, you got to help us out. So, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I mean, I've been wondering this since early in the season when he basically refused to return kicks. Why is this guy still on the team? Aside from a few. Gadget plays, maybe one uh, one sweep here, uh, a quick screen there. Valus, why is he on the team? We He doesn't do anything. You know, you can send Trent Taylor into the end zone to watch the ball sail over his head. Or for him, to, you know, for it to land six feet off to his left and he doesn't return it. You can send any, you can put me back there. You know, I'll take the veteran minimum to stand in the end zone and wave fair catch. I'll do that. I'll look ridiculous in a uniform, my fat ass, but whatever. I'll do it. So, yeah. If there's anybody that I would not be, I would be stunned if he's on the roster in 2024, it's that guy. Not to mention, he's already, what, 27, 28? Because he, you know, he was in college for 16 years. So, yeah. Not a lot of room, not a lot of time for uh, growth and expansion of his uh, of his game, and what he's bringing to the table ain't much, so or anything at all, quite frankly. Uh, did I mention Deontay Foreman? Bear up, Deontay Foreman, twenty carries, eighty three yards. I don't think he caught anyone, any passes. Let me scroll here. Nope, no catches for him today. So, uh, but you know, continues to run the ball extremely well, and I swear to God. This guy has the absolute worst luck. I mean, it happened at least twice today. Uh, or at least once today, maybe twice. But there was one. Number one, he had a run called back because of a holding penalty. There were actually two holds on, this, on the play, one by Jones, 
Braxton Jones, who was, you know, healthy and playing today, and one by Lucas Patrick. And then either like one or two plays later, they basically ran the same play. Foreman breaks loose, and just as he's about to completely break free, somebody comes in and just gets his ankle. It's always just that last dude that is desperately reaching out, gets him around the ankle, and he goes down. I mean, he pounded a hole in the floor. He knew he was going to score. He was going to score, and I think that's the drive the Bears ended up settling for a field goal on. But if not for the damnedest luck for Deontay Foreman, he'd have like three or four more touchdowns than he's got right now. But every time he's one step away from breaking free for that big run or breaking free to score, somebody gets him by the ankle uh, or by the foot or trips him up or something like that. It's unbelievable. Nobody's luck is that bad, but Deontay Foreman's has been uh, this year. And it's really kind of getting in the way of how well he's played these last three, four weeks uh, while Khalil Herbert has been out. So, but 80 yards on, 83 yards on 20 carries. Outstanding job uh, for him. Uh, Bear up Braxton Jones came back, looked good. Uh, The offensive line was solid. Today, I thought for a moment that today was the first day that our starting five was actually together, forgetting that Nate Davis isn't out there. So we're nine games, excuse me, nine games into the season. We still haven't had our starting five on the field together yet. In fact, I don't think we've had it ever, to be quite frankly. I, we, we didn't have it in any game in the preseason that I'm that I recall I don't think we did not even in that game against the Titans I, I don't think everybody was healthy but nonetheless yeah but he came back uh even you know despite the fact there were talks that that neck injury that that knocked him out for the last 4 weeks might end up being season ending and whatnot it was kind of a surprise to see him back and playing uh today and he did very well, aside from a false start penalty at one point. But, uh, you know, played very, very well, and uh, we could definitely uh, use it. I did not like, however, and I think they didn't do it again that I noticed anyway, but they did that thing where Jones started the game and then they rotated him out for like a series or two and Larry Borum came back in, which is not to say that Larry Borum was bad, but it's just like, Nothing makes me crazier than how the Bears handle these things. You know, that whole thing with with Tevin Jenkins and Lucas Patrick rotating at right guard uh, last year. They did it again with Jenkins when he came off IR to play against the Commanders uh, on Thursday night. It's like, if he's going to play, then just let him play. Don't, don't put him on this pitch count nonsense. Just let him play. You know? So, I mean, it's... I. I don't. I didn't notice it happen again for the rest of the game after Jones was back out there, but it really bothered me that they did that. And, and I, I just, it's one of those things I like the least as far as what this, how this particular regime operates, where they rotate the linemen in and out when they're coming off injury or whatever. It's just if they're not in shape, then don't let them play. You know, get him on the bike, get his ass running laps, something. You know, don't put him out there if he's not ready to go. 
It makes me crazy. Uh, Bear down. Tyreek Stevenson. I'm not mad at you, kid. You're a rookie, and you're out there. You play one of the toughest positions in the game. You're not uh, Jalen Johnson, so they're going to pick on you. And unfortunately, when they've picked on him, teams have been successful. The Chargers did it all night on Sunday night last week. And, um, you know, Stevenson's just making rookie mistakes and got beat by uh, Taysom Hill on their first touchdown uh, drive uh, of the ball game. I do believe he was benched at one point. Jalen Jones uh, came in, number 31, uh, for Stevenson. I don't know if that was for the rest of the game. I don't remember seeing Tyreek back out there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not mad at you, kid. You know, it's just that they're testing you. And you got to be better. That's all. So it's not like, hey, screw this guy. We're not in Valus Jones territory with Tyreek Stevenson. I think he's going to be outstanding uh, for us. Uh, and I think Tyreek Stevens is actually Stevenson is a big reason why um, we might not get uh, Jalen Johnson back is because we have him. And when Terrell Smith is finally over Mono, he'll be back. And uh, you know he was a great pickup for us. Hopefully he's himself when he comes back uh, and everything. But, you know, very much could be the reason why we, uh, you know, kind of set a hard line with Jalen Johnson and he goes elsewhere because we can do that with Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith as our starting uh, corners. So I'm just saying. I would love to see Johnson back. I really would. I want him to come back not at $20 million a season. And I think he found out the hard way on the trade deadline that his value isn't where he thought it was. And, uh, you know, he's going to try to drive his price up. And if he can't, I hope he's realistic and will take the money that the Bears offer him. I want him to stay. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't want the Bears to overpay for him either. So, And then finally, bear up to Jack Sanborn. You guys heard me saying before, the best compliment that I can give Sanborn uh, for how he played today was, um, you know, we didn't miss uh, Edmonds at uh, middle linebacker today. Sanborn's a middle linebacker. That's just what he is. So, which, again, not to say that he's been bad at strong side linebacker. It's just that you notice him when he's at middle linebacker is what I'm saying. So, anyway, that's all I got this uh, this week, guys. Two and seven, our beloved Chicago Bears, and I think if you'd have given me a guess, I'd think worst case scenario would be five and four, six and three, somewhere in that area when the schedule uh, came out. But nothing has gone right for this team, whether it be you know injuries, mistakes, poor coaching, what have you. Here we are, two and seven. So the silver lining is whatever our draft stock was before this day, it's either the same or it's better. Uh, than it was the Cardinals lost so they're still I think the Cardinals have the number one pick right now because they're one in seven the uh, Panthers I think are the number two pick because they're one in six so with fewer losses they'd be just behind Arizona and we're number three overall so yeah anyway that's going to do it, guys. Come back tomorrow on Tuesday. We'll recap the rest of week number nine and talk about how poorly I did with my picks because it's not looking good. It's funny. It's like the, the games that I had the least amount of confidence are the ones that are hitting, 
and the ones that I put big points on and the ones that are hurting me right now, which is just fantastic. So, And then the rest of the week, to break it down for you guys, we have our Thursday night matchup. So the preview episode for week number 10 comes out on Wednesday uh, with myself and, and Rashad from the Panther Nation uh, podcast. We'll be uh, getting together tomorrow on Monday, frankly, to – uh, to record the uh, interview and talk about this uh, ball game, both of us likely coming off of uh, losses. Having obviously the Bears have already lost, and now that I look, whoa, what the hell happened? It was the two minute warning the last time I checked. Two minute warning. It was ten to three. Now at halftime, it's twenty to three. What the hell happened? Let the Colts rattle off ten points. In the final two minutes. Wow. How about that? And the Eagles have tied it up with the Cowboys. Thank God. Anyway, guys. So Wednesday, we're going to have our preview episode for Bears-Panthers to get you ready for Thursday. And then Thursday, the Week 10 preview for the uh, for the fourth phase will be out uh, as well. So rather than the, the normal, you know, Wednesday is the off day kind of thing, and fourth phase Thursday, preview Friday. We got no day off until Friday. With the, We got Wednesday is the preview coming out, Thursday for the fourth phase, and then nice little hiatus. Actually, we got to do a review episode too, don't we? That'll probably come out on Friday, Saturday at the latest. Or actually what it'll probably be is uh, sometime midday on Friday, the review episode for Bears-Panthers will come out and uh, we'll see how that goes. And I have a sinking suspicion, a horrible, horrible gut feeling. We're going to wear the orange helmets on Thursday. I cannot confirm or deny at the moment. And frankly, I don't want to look it up because I don't want to be right. I just have a horrible feeling that when I watch that game on Thursday, they're going to be wearing those uniforms. That helps all. So. Anyway, guys, come back on Come tomorrow for the fourth phase review, rest of week number nine. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground.